Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Tina Horn, and this is Interrobang. Interrobang is the bonus segment of my Wire People Into That podcast. Follow at Tina Horn Sass or at Tina Horns Sass if you're nasty. On Twitter and Instagram, visit wirepeopleintothat.com. Support my show and get extra shit at patreon.com slash Tina Horn. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash T-I-N-A-H-O-R-N. Mistress Blunt, hello. How are you? Can I call you Mistress? Yes, you may. <laughs> you may. Great. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> now that I have permission. I'm so excited to be talking with you. I feel like we always have a lot to talk about. And usually when I have a lot to talk to someone about, especially when it's related to sex or ganger, gender or love, I figure we should do it into a microphone. Yes, definitely. We've already covered so much that all of you have missed. It's a shame. <laughs> well, they should obviously pay to just like be a piece Sit of furniture exactly while we talk. Us. Yeah. Perfect. I could use a foot massage actually. <laughs> doesn't sound bad. No, it doesn't sound bad at all. If you are sincerely interested in this, you can hit me up, <laughs> slide into my DMs. Do you want to tell the people about your work in general and what you do? Sure. Recently, I've been focusing a lot of my energy on Dasya Yoga, which is a private devotional yoga practice tailored to masochists and submissives. And I found through doing old school BDSM training as a dominatrix, a lot of overlap with my training as a yoga teacher. Mm. And sort of naturally, I had incorporated a lot of these different aspects of devotion and submission into my slave training that are also very prevalent in yoga, such mm. as different pranayama or breath work or different asana, physical postures and mudras, hand positions for offering and submissiveness and openness. Mm. Um, and so I was really enjoying the clients that were coming to see me for this. And so I decided to sort of make a wider, broader offering of this to get more people that are into the things that I am into. Awesome. <laughs> Well, you know what I love about that is that I I love yoga. I've always wanted to do teacher training. Maybe one day I will. It also actually feels nice to just be a student in something. Obviously, when one becomes a yoga teacher, one remains a student um, oh, yes. lifelong. There are I, I feel like I know a lot of the things that you... Or I feel like I've experienced a lot of the things that you're talking about with the relationship between submission and openness in a yoga practice and surrender mm -hmm. and what I like about the idea of you building a practice around it is that probably in a lot of cases people feel those feelings they don't know what to do with them and they can be exploited by the wrong people who are not explicitly making BDSM a part of it, but are sort of taking advantage of those implicit feelings or of the vulnerable, the, the vulnerable state that people get into, you know, I mean, various levels of exploitation from like cults leading gurus. I was definitely gurus. Going, getting the cult vibe. And I think, especially in the West, power dynamics aren't talked about as explicitly. Mm. And so there's just a lot of abuses of power that happen. And I think even within the yoga community, there are lots of sex scandals with mm. gurus taking advantage of their disciples and um, not really having the language surrounding it to figure out what exactly is going on. And 
I mean, I think consensually it can be a really sexy dynamic and right. one that I really enjoy. And but I think when you're providing a non-sexual service, mm. sex shouldn't be included. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that this is true of of so many different things that if we were able to talk more explicitly about how to negotiate the terms of a power exchange that everybody would get more of what they want but because we don't have those tools we take advantage of people are taken advantage of etc cetera, etc cetera. and it does seem like that happens a lot everyday in people interact Western... with power dynamics and it's yeah something that isn't always done very thoughtfully and i think bdsm provides a really nice arena to sort of explore those things in a sexual capacity but also in a way where you can like as a yoga teacher they always tell you to take what you learn off of the mat and i always say take what you learn out of the dungeon Mm. the things that you're learning when you're exploring with me shouldn't just be present when you're with me and i hope that people take a little bit of them a little bit of it with them while they leave and are able to be a little bit more intentional with the ways that they submit um, and who they're submitting to. Cool. Can you give me an example of like what, like if I was, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I are totally want to do. <laughs> I really, I really want to. I, um, I, I don't. You're already calling me mistress. I, don't, <laughs> I, um, I don't, I don't know if I can afford you right now, but oh god now i'm so distracted if i was gonna uh come see you that's what we should do is i should have some i should have a slave pay for me to come see you um i actually have had clients who would pay for me to go see other ladies and then tell them about it selfless service yeah i like that yeah totally other (laughs) ladies were like buy me lingerie and i was like buy me time with pretty ladies (laughs) it worked out really well if I was going to come see you, what what would a session look like? What's an example of a, a session or how you would approach your first Dasya Yoga session? have to session my contact form and let me know your interest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of my favorite questions on my contact form is, when is the last time you cried? Mm. It's fascinating. I have people see me from across the gender spectrum mm. and cool it's really interesting seeing similarities of when the last time people cried were and I have people tell me that they haven't cried in years Mm. or I've had people tell me that the last time they cried when they were looking at pro doms that were marketing towards just cis men and it's like yeah I was like I definitely want to see you and I think that's just a really telling question of sort of where people are at um in acknowledging their vulnerability and their um ability to be open and communicate and share that's so great that you see people across the gender spectrum. Yeah. It, do you find that more in this practice that you get responses from women and queer people? Definitely. I think it's, um, I made some conscious choices with language and with photos and I um, show um, non-cis male bodies on my website, mm-hmm. which I think is really important to me. Um, and I think it's, practice that doesn't necessarily take place in a dungeon Mm. and while it's sexual it isn't sort of reliant on a male orgasm Mm -hmm. which most sex should be like that Uh (laughs) agreed (laughs) but yeah i get a a very diverse range of people contacting me for sessions which i really appreciate and really enjoy i definitely get much more thoughtful people cool yeah are there other people who are doing this kind of thing or is this are you one of a kind um i'm definitely one of a kind i mean uh, obviously (laughs) i'm not really too sure i think there is someone in london doing group classes sort of kink classes but i i think mine has more of a spiritual component i haven't really figured out how to do group classes and negotiating consent and like the deep level of emotional work that i like to do Mm. i don't think would really be conducive to a group dynamic couples i love but cool oh man when was the last time you cried when was the last time i cried oh man i cried while watching have you seen the dukes of burgundy no i don't even know what that is the dukes of burgundy is a really sexy kinky film oh and it's about the relationship 
between two it's a lesbian bdsm relationship mm. and it's i'm listening yes you're listening <laughs> um it's beautifully shot lots of butterflies this is gonna be a horrible review i'm not a qualified person to be giving a review lots but of butterflies it about, okay it was about the relationship of the submissive constantly asking for certain things and the dominant sort of slowly breaking down while they're sort of weighing their desires with the submissive's demands and i had a conversation with it about a friend and her response was i feel so bad for the submissive (laughs) i'm like she's like how sad is it that the submissive can never get what they want yeah it was just a totally different perspective than how i had seen the movie so i watched it again and has had like sort of a mixed mishmash of emotions oh my god i love that yeah because i was looking at it from the dom perspective which i think is definitely how the movie was filmed um right but it was just something that i hadn't quite considered and made me feel a little bit more empathic for clients who are very sort of set on a certain fetish or fantasy that doesn't really provide space for a ds dynamic not that that, those are the sessions that i like but Mm. just a little empathy (laughs) i think i i cry pretty often i feel like i do um a lot of intense work both within bdsm and outside of it and crying is oftentimes just a way to sort of release and move on that's great yeah i love other people's tears too i bet you do added bonus (laughs) Awesome. Have you seen those um, phone cases that look like a carton of milk that says 100% boys' tears? Yes. Yeah. You need one of those. I do. I'm trying to sort of think of the moments in my yoga practice that have felt kinky and not necessarily in the sense that the yoga teacher felt like my dominant, but more like... I guess the the overlap for me and part of the reason that your work is interesting to me, the idea in both yoga and BDSM of creating a space like a like a like a carving out parameters in the space time continuum. This space is different than other space. Yeah. Yeah. And also in that regard, I hate the term safe space. I also hate it. I think it's so fucked up. Like, how can you tell someone that you're holding a safe space for them when you don't know what their definition of safe is and I think it's also a really dangerous place to say that you're holding I agree um I think it was Mallory Ortberg who tweeted something that I return to a lot which is don't confuse the feeling of safety with the condition of being safe Mm. I think a lot of the time we think we're safe when we're not and we think that we're unsafe when we're not I mean and that's part of what I like about BDSM and I guess yoga too that you're acknowledging that you're never safe I don't know I think that's part of it because I think there's something inherently dangerous about telling someone that they're in a safe space that if something comes up, they don't feel like they can talk about it because right. it's a safe space. So why would that right. come up? Right. I guess what what I like about both BDSM and yoga, or, or the thing that I feel the sliver of the Venn diagram that I've been pondering is that you intentionally put yourself in vulnerable or uncomfortable or even boundary pushing painful suffering is a word that that you and I have talked about and that I want to talk about more situations positions sensations in order to what in order to in my experience learn how to undermine power when someone tries to abuse it in some ways I do feel like it's like drinking poison or like introducing poison into your system to become immune to it although ultimately you never know 
But I feel like you're not introducing anything external, which is what I love mm. about yoga, that it's a very self-reflective practice. So you you might be feeling like you're introducing poison, but from where I'm sitting as a yoga teacher, you're just sort of noticing and sitting and observing and mm. ex- being honest with what's going on with you. And while that might look like poison, learning to sit with it will allow it to pass. It's less like introducing poison and more like seeing what happens when you start to purge yeah. mm-hmm. toxins that are turned, in you. Turned up and the yeah. sort of chaos that happens before yeah. cleanliness. This is so mean, but uh, I have a distantly related family member who once at a party was talking about some product and how it killed all of the toxins in your body. And even though I'm like a little cruel and have sort of like always made fun of her behind her back for saying that, part of the reason that I like fixated on it was that I found it such like an interesting misunderstanding of the concept of a toxin that you could go, just go in and like wipe them out. Right. It, but actually... The way that you need to think about a toxin is that it needs to be purged. You need to detoxify. So it's not like going in and being able to identify all of the bad things and then like, choo, 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 like annihilate them. Like you, you have to do the work of like bringing them up to the surface, to the surface and letting them go. Yeah. And I think I, I often say that the most sadistic thing that I can do is force someone to sit with themselves because really Mm. what's worse. And I think, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think too, in my, within yoga and BDSM, people who come to see me, sometimes the hour that they spend with me is the only hour they're not attached to their phone. And I think that in and of itself is transformative. Um, and I like always make sure to have people turn their phones off. I don't want to be interrupted. I think, when you sit and focus your energy, I expect it to be all focused on me. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And I feel like just people don't spend time disconnected. And Mm. I think being on a yoga mat, being in someone's dungeon, being with a lover is a really unique form of meditation in our day and age where people just don't use their brains that way. Mm. Or their bodies. Or their bodies, yeah. Yeah. Or their consciousness or their yeah. attention or their feelings. Right. It's like feelings. A, a meditation on monotasking. Oh, my God. Cool. To what degree... So sometimes yoga is painful. Mm-hmm. And I guess another thing that both yoga and BDSM have taught me is how to discern and navigate the difference between discomfort or sensation that is constructive for me and something that is is going beyond the boundary of what I will ever want to experience or what I am ready for in that moment right so like I could be interested in being uh this could be it could be psychological like I am interested in being pushed psychologically by humiliation but there are some things that I do not want to be humiliated about, right? And so the the vulnerability of humiliation, the humility that you learn from playing with erotic embarrassment is really constructive. And then there are some things where like... I think it can be empowering too because you can have all of these things that you you might really feel are true about yourself said to you and still exist yeah. afterwards. And That's it right. hasn't totally defeated you, I think is a really amazing cathartic experience for a lot of people. And it makes you, it, it can really help you to feel less afraid. And, of and those I things. think especially if it's things that you like a truth, you really believe about yourself, hearing it vocalized by another yeah, and like an honest. And I always like to have a little bit of loving in my sessions. I know that not, that's not everyone's vibe, but sort of still being appreciated for other things or being appreciated for that thing that you find most humiliating about yourself. Mm, I think is a really beautiful That you beautiful can still moment. be loved or appreciated. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah. Like you have a tiny dick. I have plenty of other uses for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
first it's thing not the worst yeah i mean it's not the worst thing that could possibly happen i've been in a lot of different yoga practices and i really do not like it when i when certain teachers or certain um practices or studios are invested in maybe it's cliche to call it you know western the like bigger better faster more like push yourself push yourself push yourself i mean first of all i like don't want to injure myself i want to be pushed out of my comfort zone but i don't want to there's a difference be bullied out of you know i don't want i don't want i don't want to give my i don't want to relinquish my power over to that person where they're telling me what's good for me like i want them to guide me to a knowledge of what is good for me and from there to put to push myself from that knowledge like working with what you're bringing to the mat or to the dungeon and not what the teacher or dominant wants to see you doing that doesn't work for your body or your mind yeah um and i think um both yoga and bdsm offer a really interesting way to become aware of power dynamics like on the on your yoga mat realizing when a teacher is guiding you beyond your comfort zone or not only your comfort zone but your physical safety i think is a really important awareness to have and being able to use that as a learning experience and being able to stop and leave if it's a shitty situation if it's bringing something up for you or sort of staying in a safer space um whether it be child's pose or whatever that looks like to the individual Mm. and processing what comes up when being pushed like that i think is a really important experience cool What do you hope people gain from your sessions? I really enjoy when slaves come to me looking to sort of cultivate a self-awareness that they're looking to expand upon. Um, I always, or not always, but I usually ask people what their intention is in seeing me or what they're looking to get out of a session with me before we begin. And I had a woman the other week tell me that she was looking to wake up. And I thought that that was really Mm. beautiful. Cool. Um, And I think that, yeah, I would, I think that intimate interactions when people are in incredibly vulnerable states have hugely transformative potential. And I think it's an opportunity for people to learn about themselves, learn about how they relate to others and what that looks like and what feels good and what doesn't and learning how to articulate that in a way that they feel comfortable with and still is providing them with everything that they need. Well, I've got my checkbook out. So <laughs> that's really fascinating. And yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to learn more. If people want to learn more about this practice, how should they, how would they do that? Well, <laughs> you can find me at dasyayoga.com, D-A-S-Y-A yoga.com. My Twitter is at Mistress Blunt, and my Instagram is at dasyayoga. Growth through pain. It's beautiful. It's my campaign slogan. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Speaking of pain... One other thing that we had on our list of things to talk about was the relationship between chronic pain and BDSM for you. Do you want to speak to that? Sure. So my relationship with pain has always been a very personal one. I grew up around people who were in chronic pain. And when I was 18, I was diagnosed with a chronic illness, which Mm. sort of explained a lifelong experience with pain. And it was around the same time that I was getting in touch with La Domaine SMR and Upstate BDSM Training Chateau. 
and I'd been in contact with them and was looking to sort of explore some things about myself. And when I finally found myself there, I found aspects of submission and domination to be incredibly powerful and cathartic as an opportunity to take control over when and how I felt pain Mm. and to whom I was experiencing this with on either end. Um, And it really became a component in my healing, Mm. I feel. Have you talked to other people who have found BDSM to be a tool for healing? Yeah, I think I've heard more people talking about it for emotional pain, which I think chronic illness is definitely intertwined very heavily with emotional pain. I've had the experience of working with individuals with other chronic health conditions, just seeing how they can transform while intentionally interacting with pain is really amazing. I feel like people who experience chronic pain are can oftentimes be left out of BDSM because it's oftentimes seen as how much you can take. Right. And I think that it's important to be able to not limit your notion of what BDSM looks like to what one type of body can do. Yeah. And I think there's there's so much you can do with just the the mind alone it's what i'm most interested in it really has beautiful transformative potential for people to reestablish relationships with their body and see how much their body and their mind can do and sort of reframe their conceptions of self in a way that serves them living their life whatever that looks like do you think that if you that that for folks who experience chronic pain that also being able to be in touch with their sadistic side and inflicting pain also can be healing and cathartic to be not only in control of the pain that they're experiencing in their body but to know someone who is welcoming pain and to be the person who definitely is controlling that i think it can go i think both have healing potential I think that being able to sort of take people on a journey somewhere sort of near where you've been is a really incredible experience. And I also just think we don't talk about pain or Mm. sadness in our culture very often or very openly. And I think what I love so much about BDSM is that it just feels so much more honest. Like no Mm. one's happy all the time. No one's joyful all of the time. That's only tapping into a very small percentage of the human experience. And I feel like BDSM allows for all emotions. Like all emotions are welcome here. (laughs) And I, I think it's just so much more honest, especially if you're living in pain. And I mean, who isn't to some extent, we live in a fucked up society. Um, it affects most people in a negative way. I feel like, yeah, life is pain for sure. Yeah. Totally. Yes. In summary, life is pain. <laughs> Submit to me. <laughs> if it's going to be painful, you might as well submit to yeah, Mistress Blunt. You might as well get up. <laughs> True. If I let you. <laughs> oh, um, what would you say to someone who whose perspective on all of this was... If life is pain and the world is filled with suffering and you yourself may have suffering in your life, why intentionally create a space to, in which to welcome more pain and suffering? Why not instead try to create peace and joy and comfort and respite from pain yeah I think my short answer would be it sounds boring the second half of what you said like what do you learn about yourself when you're staying within your comfort zones and I think Mm. um peace is not necessarily a comfort zone for everyone that's true neither is pleasure word totally that's true but if yeah um So I'm, I've been working on a research project sort of exploring 
altered states of consciousness and how they've been brought about through the sort of masochistic mechanism through various different modalities of religion, spirituality, sexuality, um, and yoga. And I've sort of just been amazed at how there are all these overlaps of sort of um, masochistic practices within every religion, every spiritual practice, many sexual practices that sort of like these ascetic practices of surrender and devotion and offering into like really extreme extents and sacrifice yeah and sacrifice um and i i am under the impression that life is pain and we've sort of evolved to have the the masochistic mechanism as a coping mechanism Mm. and it's this part of our brain that if you interact with it intentionally becomes a sort of a way to like hack your brain to tap into these altered states of consciousness Mm. and sort of like some people do that through drug use through chanting through Mm. drumming through ecstatic dancing and i think bdsm play is another way to tap into that and sort of um building the space and creating this space to set an intention before you play and go on that journey with another person to see what you can learn about yourself and about each other and about how you connect and communicate and what that means and what that looks like is just hugely valuable and I think just just playing with pleasure I don't know that sounds good too just playing with pleasure alone you can do a lot with that but I think it's just I really I really am drawn towards tantric philosophy Mm. the like leaning deeply into any experience as a way to reaching god and i say god in air quotes because i don't particularly subscribe to any uh formal notion of god the divine the divine sure yes yeah um that leaning deeply into any experience as a way to reach the divine is a really beautiful philosophy and that by meditating on your experiences and your sensations is just a really powerful form of present moment meditation that is God in and of itself Mm -hmm. that the present moment now is a form of the divine and bringing your attention to that in the moment with a partner while you're alone is like a magical thing so why if human history is filled with ritualistic practices across cultures, across religions, including Christianity, of sacrifice and suffering and like self-denial or uh, like self-abjugation, even just the the practice of of like Fasting. self yeah i was going to say yeah. like like uh, or, or 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 like aesthetic practices and mortification of the flesh yeah <laughs> well it's certainly self flagellation i'm thinking of um but also uh uh and martyrdom i mean i think a lot of things in religion are a sacrifice whether it be through how you dress how you wear your hair um, right. who you can interact with how you can interact with them right it's like self so, like, control we, exactly right so even one you know obviously this has been used um uh in uh, oppressive and repressive ways but even the idea of um of like self-sacrifice like even i'm thinking of um what the fuck is it called i'm so uh bad at christian details um lent lent thank oh. you <laughs> I'm like, first, there's people with, like, smudges on their forehead walking around, and then people aren't drinking caffeine, and then it's Easter. Right, Lent. That's a kind of sacrifice, right? If history is filled with these kinds of practices, then why is BDSM considered such a perversion? And why is BDSM so derided and stigmatized? Is it just because it's focused on sex and does not necessarily have a larger infrastructure? Is it because it's so gay when 
BDSM is stigmatized and persecuted even among straight people? Is it still because of homophobia? Like, what what is that about? Like, why don't we... Why don't we have a welcome space for that in 21st century American culture? Part of it's because our society is really prude and sort of anything that's sexual or non-normative is sort of pushed away. But also I think it's like just from a marketing perspective, you're not subscribing to like one god the pitch is a little bit personal and the personal i think is harder to sell well right also if you're exploring consciousness and satisfaction and the self and punishment then like on your own or with other people then you're not seeking those things from consumption exactly (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously, some people. If you're are, happy with yourself, well, I mean, there are serious like so BDSM. Capitalism. Well, what answer. I'm saying, what yeah, I'm saying because capitalism. But I'm also saying, I mean, obviously, um, there's plenty of consumption to be had and done with related to sexual subcultures. I mean, there's like you know, like nine thousand dollar spanking benches that you can get if you're fancy, or even look at. I'm, I'm sorry, not sorry to bring it up, but you know. The Fifty Shades of Grey movies, especially. Mm-hmm. The books to a certain degree, but, like, the movies are total class porn, right? Yeah. Like, the idea that you could, like, only play with power if you, like, have, like, a fancy, expensive, private, sleek dungeon. And also, like, a yacht. Definitely and a helicopter. A <laughs> I still stand by my hypothesis that it's to ride it because you're not worshiping like one priest or one mall or like the mall. (laughs) Mall. I mean, yeah, I think it's a very personal practice. I don't even marriage is somewhat of a business transaction that was then taken over by priests as a way of making money over ordaining over the, the marriage so cynical yeah <laughs> of course you're right um but yeah i think i'll say it again bdsm is this deeply personal path and i you know i think it's a little bit scary about what you can learn about yourself and i think people are a little bit afraid of it and i think um most people that i talk to about the sex that they're having that don't identify as kinky or having kinky sex right and they just don't use the same language to describe it do you think that's good or bad do you think that they should be using that language i think if it's working for them it's fine but i think i mean i think vanilla sex can be really kinky if that's your kink sure it's like yeah look me in the eyes (laughs) That's kinky. If you're if you're asking for what you want and you're mm. able to articulate that and you're communicating with your partner, I think that's kinky. Yeah, then the problem is when those people turn around and judge kinky people. Yeah. Or when all of these things are being done without communication or structure mm-hmm. and then the power isn't explicitly defined and is inevitably flowing towards the person who has the most default power, which is usually mm-hmm. the white right. says man. Yeah. Um, there but w- I th- I, go ahead. I think engaging what I love about BDSM is engaging intentionally with power dynamics and power structures allows you to unpack them and subvert the and subvert them in a really fascinating way where so much can be learned about yourself and about others and how you sort of exist within society as a whole but sort of it's a shame not to explore those things i mean you know you're singing my song (laughs) that's beautifully put the idea of using bdsm to subvert power makes me think of something that we were talking about which is something that you also offer which is a femme induction session can you tell me what that looks like yeah So the femme induction session is sort of my response to forced femme, which I don't do. Mm. I find humiliation play really 
powerful and interesting, but a really tricky territory to navigate while still feeling good that my about my politics sort of and I find humiliating someone and forcing someone to be femme Mm. as an insult to myself right so for those who may not know forced femme is at this point kind of a classic dominatrix like a classic item on a list of a dominatrix menu right that you might find in an ad that one thing that she might offer is forced feminization and that often looks like quote-unquote forcing obviously within the context of negotiated consent the fantasy of being for of the of the man being forced to wear women's clothes of a man being forced to perhaps behave in a feminine way being forced to wear makeup perhaps being forced to do things that they think that only women do like get fucked in their holes Mm -hmm. for example sometimes forced feminization has to do with being turned on by getting a chance to wear women's clothes because often women's clothes are very lovely and fabulous and it might be a fetish related to that and it also men want to explore anal pleasure and the only way they can contextualize that is to is by being quote unquote turned into a woman. I'm not I'm certainly not against the idea of cis men dressing up in glamorous clothing. I am not against the idea of cis men feeling like they want to get into a feminine space in order to be penetrated or to experience anal pleasure. But you're not the only person that I have heard have complicated feelings about that that practice i mean yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with forced femme it's just not something that gets me off so so it's Mm. not something that i offer and it doesn't have to be humiliating i mean for some people it's strictly sensual right and i think i just want people who are playing with me and exploring really real things that you know affect me on a daily basis to be thinking about them critically that's my sadism (laughs) like you're gonna think about this yes (laughs) I mean, femme is so powerful and beautiful and magical. And if someone's humiliated by me showing them the magic of femme, that's fine. Like, sure, that's hot. But I want it to be approached with respect. Yeah. And so I sort of think of my femme induction sessions as a really sexy transformation of sort of taking off the mask that you present to society Mm. and being allowed to be open and vulnerable and try on these like really beautiful sexy glimmery objects and transform before my eyes into whatever I want you to look like and sort of share the magic of like I sort of think of it like the magic of what you would imagine like girls at a sleepover oh yeah having and like how like they're sharing secrets and helping each other with makeup. I think that that's really sexy. And so I like to do a really slow and meditative removal of the sort of the masculine facade Mm. and sort of reintegrating feminine aspects. And I like to do it slowly. I like to integrate breath work into it. And I like to take my time and sort of see what comes up. I'm feeling tingly. (laughs) Because, you know, the funny thing is... Well, let me ask you a question. (laughs) Go for it. Do you get people of various genders interested in those sessions? I think less so, but I'm interested in that. And I think that's another reason that I don't love the forced femme is I just like gender fuckery. Yeah. Like respectful gender fuckery. Yeah. And like, sure, like that doesn't mean you can't be my little whore. That doesn't mean Mm. like you won't feel properly used or Mm. submissive. Just that you'll walk away with it with a newfound respect for women. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're doing good work out there, Blunt. It's mistress. Oh. <laughs> Pardon moi. Mistress. You don't have to be a man to feel alienated from the power of femme. Right. And, you know, my relationship to femme has always been complicated despite being uh, assigned female at birth and continuing to identify as female, I always, always 
have to feel like any femininity that I have is like inscribed on top of my masculinity. So I usually, my shorthand for that is of, is thinking of my femininity as being a faggot. But I, I have had scenes both intentionally planned and also maybe sometimes just like with a little bit more like blurred lines where I, no, almost nothing makes me feel more submissive than having like beautiful women like dress me up. That was one of the best things about like working in a dungeon was like during downtime, it would just be like, let's yeah. dress Tina up. Girl yeah. time. But it makes me feel like a little boy. It makes me feel mm. like a little boy that has been like wherever. Like, you know that scene in um. That's okay. No, go ahead. No, I I like that making you feel like a little boy and like your big sister's friends are getting that's you right. ready. And I think it's a little bit less forceful because I think in most cases like that, the little boy just wants to please and and yeah you know, wants, wants, wants wants any kind like, of attention. I worship and revere you and think you're the most beautiful woman that I've ever seen. And like, please teach me anything that you want. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Almost Famous? Not in a very long time. There's a scene where the male protagonist who is like on tour with all of these like this like 70s rock band and all of the befriending all of the groupies. Uh, there's a scene where all of the groupies are just like lying around being bored. And they're all these like beautiful 60s, 70s goddess types and they're like Stevie Nicks shawls and... They're just like laying around a hotel room feeling bored and then they're like, let's, let's deflower the kid. And then they like dance around him and take his virginity, apparently. And that scene has, yeah, that scene has like stuck in my sexual imagination for like ever and ever and ever. I don't think that they like dress him up, but there is a sense of like them bringing... It's like a femme him. sacrifice. Yeah. They're like bringing him yeah. into their feminine space. To make him a man. Becoming a man by being surrounded by women. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Anyway. But I, I think, too, you asked if I play with gender with non-cis males. And I definitely do. I just think it's not as overt because there's less shame right. around it. Like right. I, my slave girl, like, I braid her hair. Oh, my God. Like, have her wear certain things for me. And I, like, love braiding her hair. It's this really intimate beautiful sexy moment of connection and I just think it's you know it's playing with gender in a sort of more prescribed way so it's less mm. subversion of power but still it's this really powerful and tender moment that makes me want to grow out my hair so you can braid my hair <laughs> also I just imagine it being like really tingly yeah. hair touching like ASMR yeah and I think when you think of all of these these femme things that are done in forced femme or mm. my femme induction sessions, they're all very sensual and very mm. tactile. And I think just sort of getting lost in those sensations, getting lost in the, in the feeling of what it brings up for you and of all of the powerful women in your life. Mm. It's amazing. Have you seen the Madonna sex book? No. Oh, we actually... <laughs> You know, I'm going to get it down. Hold on. There's a, there's a picture in the Madonna sex book where she is in what looks like a hotel room with this beautiful male model and she's putting lipstick on him and it is a picture that has always captivated me. Yeah, the tenderness with which she's holding his chin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and his hands placed perfectly behind his head. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. They, they definitely <laughs> both know exactly what they're doing. That's like the image that I always think of when I think of a more playful, reverent form of, yeah, femme induction. I like that a lot. Do you get a lot of clients who are interested in that? I get some people who are interested in playing with gender. I think that's less what they're interested in, more of what I make them do. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, that... If they want to do it with me. <laughs> that is That is peak mistress blunt yeah. and i think it could look very similar to a f a forced femme like very similar things mm. could be happening but it's just the intention and the critical eye that i would ask a slave to go about doing that like if you want to explore these things with me they're serious things mm. and you will 
look at your shit and why you think it's humiliating. You can be totally humiliated by it and you can get off on your humiliation, but you're going to think about that. <laughs> Sit in the corner and think about that in your little dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then go do- donate money to Planned Parenthood. <laughs> That's, um, I really do like the idea of getting someone all dressed up and then having them, like, get their, uh... Well, they've turned their phone off, obviously, but, you know, having them, Taking like... Taking their phone off airplane mode and donating to mm. charities. Yeah. God. To charities. That's, like, my ideal session. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is really amazing and beautiful. You're combining so many things. You're combining... It's financial domination <laughs> with, like, training and self-betterment. I love that. <laughs> Mistress Blunt, thank you for taking me on a pseudo-spiritual journey today. <laughs> You're pseudo welcome. <laughs> I feel I feel sort of cleansed. Wonderful. Cool. Um, <laughs> tell people again where they can find you on the internet if they are interested in talking to you more about these things and perhaps booking a session with you. You can find me at dasyayoga.com, D-A-S-Y-A, yoga.com, or mistressblunt.com. And my handles are at Mistress Blunt or at Dacia Yoga. Cool. On Twitter and Instagram and yes. all over the interwebs. Well, thank you so much for coming over. And I'm sure that we'll have you back again sometime. Wonderful. Thank you, Tina. Goodbye, Internet. Goodbye, Internet. <laughs> A vacation. New locations. Interrobang is produced and hosted by yours truly tina horn our theme music is by my brother from another mother moot thanks for listening Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.